Tim's back. Again? And his front. They're both here. My Mac Podcast 311. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome to the MyMac.com podcast number 311. It's Guy and Gaz, and I think there might be someone else. But before we get on to that someone else, did you have a birthday last week, Guy? I, I did have a birthday, and um, you know, it was a lot of fun. My wife, for my 50th, 50th birthday... Uh, I can't believe you just said that. I really I just can't believe it. And, and all without stuttering. Stuttering. Um, she took me to a uh, w- one of my favorite performers, uh, Jimmy Buffett. So we We're went. <laughs> no, I'm not doomed. Uh, Jimmy Buffett in concert is is just great. I've seen him a number of times, and, and I, I just really really loved to uh, to see him going. Excellent. Well, I, the and he's older you, than me. Well, I I haven't got a clue who Jimmy Buffett is. So you know, uh, for, for, for for us weirdos on this side of the pond, you know, we're just gone straight over our head i'm afraid oh he's international uh, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and believe it or not we actually have some reader feedback yay yay our old pal jeremy north hey jeremy uh he writes and says hi guy and crew i enjoyed last night's episode on the whole though it should have been called the app yap giving that's given that central <laughs> segment it was good to hear that someone else has an i5 imac ha ha thank you jeremy Today, yes. I received the trackpad and battery charger. Both look lovely, of course. The battery charger is tiny. I can't yet comment on the batteries, yet they are charging up. This, the trackpad is very easy to set up. Uh, in use, it's really good. I can't imagine not needing a mouse for most things, but my main Mac is still my trusty old 12-inch G4 PowerBook. Huh? I tend toward using a trackpad anyway, as do I. Um... Uh, on the subject of G4 PowerBook, software update got me iTunes 10, which was a surprise. I thought it would be an Intel thing only. However, on reflection, it's such a cash cow for Apple, it's in their best interest to keep it universal. And apparently he's also waiting for an iPod Nano, and he'll he'll send us his impressions when he gets it. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'd, yep. I'm Thanks, Jeremy. Of, yeah, absolutely. I'm hearing a lot of things about both the trackpad and, and the charger, incredibly. I mean, everybody was like aghast when it came out, but I'm hearing lots of good things about it, so we'll have to wait and see. Well, I'm really looking forward to, uh, and I wish it was wired, uh, the the trackpad, but that that's a subject for another day. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Let's, let's moving on. Yeah. Uh, we, have, we have a special guest tonight, as you probably heard from the beginning of the show. Uh, it's Tim, Fearless Leader Tim. Hello, Tim. Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, it's just another lovely day here in my Mac world. <laughs> Same here. Now you've got some news for us that I guess we'll get into in just a minute. But first, uh, let, let's talk about some of the stuff that's new on the mymac.com website. Have you guys, you know, Donnie Yankelow is a very prolific writer. Oh yeah, and he's not one that needs to write a five thousand word article to express his views. And he has one that's called "Here's Why iOS Replaced the Desktop OS." And it's very interesting. A lot of people retweeted, retweeted, retweeted. How do you how do you want to say that? Retwitterated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the link and it, it generated a, a few comments on the article itself. Yeah. And 
I, I agree with Donnie and I disagree at the same time. Now, yeah. Look, I, the whole point is really his son thinks everything is a touch screen now because he's used to the iPod touch. I I don't know if the iOS will replace OS ten. I, I just can't see that happening. I read that as well in quite a few of the comments. And I'm I'm sorry, but having a, a touch screen in front of me, it hasn't worked on the PC side and I don't think it'll work on the Mac side, you know, it in the way that you so many people probably expect it to, where it's it's in front of you and you're moving your hand around. I, I just can't see that happening. Well, it already I, is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's to what degree. Uh, exactly. What you've, got to rem- what, what you've got to remember is we are um, hard and fast computer users. Yep. As soon as I put my iPad in front of you know people who really don't care, they love it. They pick it up. They can use it. They can put it down. They pick it up again, and it's usable. Um, it, we like to get a little bit more behind, you know, or under the bonnet, I suppose you could say. Whereas a lot of people, and I'm a little bit like this when it comes to driving in the car. I want to get in the car. I want it to drive. I want to get to where I'm going. And I want to get out of the car. And that's what it's going to be like, I think. So we're going to have, I think the gap's going to be growing bigger where you've got people just like that with kids growing up with touch screen devices and they're going to expect more of it. Um, those of us uh, and those that want to, you know, take it a bit further will, I think, be in the minority, but still using the likes of Windows 7 and, you know, Mac OS ten. Yeah, it comes down to it's, it's going to be segmented into two categories, a professional OS and a yeah. consumer OS. The consumer OS is going to be touch-based, very personal. It does probably 80% of everything the professional desktop does, except it doesn't have the Final Cut Pro. It doesn't have the Super Duper Adobe Photoshop, it doesn't have access to the system file, all of those things. Very simplified. Do you but, think that uh, that Apple can afford to have a, they are. on a desktop computer uh, mm-hmm. a, you know, split their, uh, their market like that? Sure. It, who cares? As long as the money's going to Apple, that's all they care about. Do you think Apple cares if the OS running on their Macs are iOS or macOS? They're still making the same amount of money for the hardware. It's still their operating system. They still control the ecosystem. And in I think, fact, I think if, I think Apple have seen a big turnaround, and Apple yep. themselves have seen a big turnaround when it comes to numbers. Yep. They were they were used to low numbers, and that's why you know everything was always high quality, and they could concentrate on it more, keep the money up, and they could keep the margins up that way. They're now spotted that they can keep the margin up as well, but there's some big numbers out there. Yep. Um, for much simpler devices. And, you know, you talk about all these Final Cut Pros, etc. Yeah, we're not going to get to the extent of Final Cut Pro, but these devices are just going to get more and more powerful, so we're going to see more and more uh, much deeper and complicated. Uh, well, it's a, I would say it even goes farther than that. Look at a dual-boot Mac that you can boot it up as a professional machine, i.e. a Macintosh, or you can boot it up as a touchscreen consumer device, i.e., um, like the iPad. The iPad, where the screen just simply detaches from it, and you walk around, and it's iOS. Well, if you... I mean, some years ago, there was a patent that I think a lot of people poo-pooed, but it was basically a screen which you slotted something into the side, which yep. obviously then became part of the uh, the main system. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure whether that's a viable product, um, but it could be. It could be. Well, do you think that, um, you know, I'm thinking along the lines of not so much a touch screen, 
but something like the 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 magic trackpad with some interactive feedback on the screen to let you know where your hands are so that you know you're not constantly raising your hands up to whatever the size of the screen is well no um if if you're going to use a pointing device you need something on screen that's unobtrusive and that's very accurate, i.e. a pointer on a computer right now. Right. Well, that, that's, I'm not saying that would go away. I'm saying that you would control that through maybe a, a bigger trackpad like the Magic Trackpad. No, yeah. because if you're getting into that, then you're back into the professional OS category, and you just use the Mac with a mouse and a keyboard or trackpad, just like you do nowadays. Yeah, but th- if you want to would... do the touch base, then that's not a professional OS. You're falling into the consumer OS at that point. Well, does it really matter what whether it's professional or or touch based if yes why is that well because when it's professional you need access to the file system you need to be able to link different files to build something say you're building a package for instance in um i don't know better better one you're building a document in indesign and you got a lot of different pictures you got a lot of movie files whatever and they're all linked, right? Mm-hmm. You could do that on a Mac OS. You could do that on a Windows 7 or a Linux machine because you have access to the system structure. You can put different things in different folders and link them how, however you want. With Android, with Windows Mobile 7, with the iOS devices, you don't have access to the system file. But You, you can't you, link different stuff. You don't have access to it. Now, that doesn't mean they can't build that into the future. They don't want to build it in. They want to remove complexity, Guy. That's the whole point of the iOS devices. It's removing complexity, making very complex pieces of software so easy to use, you only have to touch stuff. Well, I think we're going to have to disagree or have to agree to disagree on that point. I think... um, I think the iOS will end up with a a file structure that mm-hmm. that users can use it because it's starting yeah. to make some headway into the business worlds and I, I because think because that it's removed the complexity guy well, that's why it's getting there they don't want employees to have access to all this information to really muck up the machine that the IT department as Gaswell knows has to go in there and fix them now because they went in and deleted a bunch of files that they actually needed. They want to remove the complexity and just have these as productivity devices. So if you're talking about a touch-based in a workplace, it's a productivity device. You don't want users or the employees or whatever to muck around in the file system. You just don't. I, th- I, I think we could possibly see two two routes. I think, you know, Guy, guy might be oh, – sorry, Guy. Um, <laughs> Careful. Might, might well be right, but I'm not sure. Apple certainly won't do that. Now, the likes of uh, the Windows – operating system or possibly android they might have a um a variant of the os going down that avenue to see if they can take it a step further certainly google the way they'll experiment they don't you know they don't mind experimenting and windows will try anything if it's worth a buck so um, <laughs> but i don't but I, I agree with um you tim that um apple won't do that i don't think yep did you guys read the review by mark seeley of in your inner Arkies 10 FTP software, not very sexy FTP software. The vast majority of people never have to use FTP. Uh, but if you do, you want the easiest tools to use. Now, I've been using CyberDuck because I gave up on Interarchy, I don't know, three, four years ago. But after reading this review from Mark, I don't know. 
there was yeah, I've been using I've been using transmission for for a long time and I've been mm-hmm. looking for a, a decent FTP uh, FTP program. This might be it. Kind yeah, of pricey. I, I, have ver- I have very little usage for FTP uh, clients, so uh, um, I think I've got Flow, which came with a um, one of those bundles. Um, but I've used it like once or twice because I really don't have the use for it. Yeah, for those who don't know what FTP is, it means file transfer protocol, and it's basically more command line than anything else. How you get a file from your computer to yeah. a server. Uh, not emailing, not doing it through a web browser, but physically taking a file off your hard drive and putting it on a file server somewhere else in the world. And the easiest and fastest way of doing that is FTP. It's been around. Oh, it's been around. It's been around before there was a web that yeah. you could browse yeah. with a browser. <laughs> yeah, so, fetch, fetch is another program I use to do that. Uh, I used to do Fetch, but Fetch was really starting to get buggy, and it wasn't that great of a program under OS ten. Yeah. Uh, under the classic Mac OS, it, it ruled. No, nothing could touch Fetch. But now it, it really has shown its age. It's not very good anymore. Well, one uh, thing, one thing that, I, that one of the reasons why I don't use FTP that much anymore is uh, most of the programs that I use that require me to, to transfer information from my computer to another computer usually have some kind of built-in tool to do it. Or going beyond that guy, uh, a lot of people are using... FTP because they would have larger files to send to colleagues. Let's say I wanted to send you and Gaz uh, a song to use on a podcast. Well, if that song's 10 megabytes, I'm not going to send that through email. You, I could, but it's probably not a good idea, and it's going to be slow. Yeah. And the person on the other end isn't going to like receiving a 20, 30 megabyte file in their email because it slows everything down. <laughs> Take so, forever. Yeah, so the way to do it before was you would simply post that file on a server somewhere, and then they could download it whenever they wanted to. Yeah, at the their leisure. Is, exactly. But the problem is, or I guess I should say the solution now is, we have MobileMe, we have Dropbox, we have all these different solutions, and it's just replacing FTP. Yeah. Uh, last one was Nano Nano. By Scott uh, Wilsey. You know, that's a good read. Uh, another one that's not real long, and that's good. But I kind of agree with him. It, I don't think it's a negative that Apple removes features. Now, you guys talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, that Apple removed video, for instance, from the new Nano. And the cameras. And, yeah, and the camera. And I think that was probably a smart move. They were they looked at the market. They said, you know what? If people want a camera and they want video, well, then they need to move up to an iPod Touch where we make more money. But the vast majority of the users that were buying nanos probably weren't doing very much cursory video recording tops. Um, and they probably weren't watching very many videos on it because even for a kid, that's a pretty small screen. So why not be innovative in the size of the device and what you can do? And I think Apple should be commended for that personally. Um, well, I, I certainly, I think I said on the podcast that my daughter, um, my youngest daughter, she, she said to me, have you seen the new nano? Which initially I said, you know, of course I have. <laughs> um, but she said, it's so cool. And I looked yep. at her and said, you don't like your current Nano? Oh, I like that, but this is so cool. And I thought, well, there you go. Apple Apple certainly hit the nail on the head with that hammer. Yeah. The Nano is not for you, Guy, and it's not for you, Gaz, and it's definitely not for me. The Nano is for my teenage daughters. Yeah. It's, it's, it's aimed right at that demographic. They just want something that they can clip onto their shirt or whatever and listen to music. No, more than that, that's cool. It comes in colors, it's got a screen, 
it's it's a fashion statement as it is, as much as it is a music player for them. It's kind of an expensive fashion statement. Well, welcome to the frickin' 2010. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, how much were Nike running shoes in the 80s? I mean, it, 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 that's always been the case. And realistically, <laughs> well, when you look at it, I mean, the, the lowest one's what, 149 Yeah. That's a lot cheaper than a damn cell phone, I tell you that. Yeah, but it's it's not going to have the same type of function. I mean, most kids are already carrying cell phones, and most of their cell phones have some, you know, albeit somewhat complicated, but some method of storing songs that they can kids, listen to. Kids, they all use iPods. You know, I drop our 15-year off at school in the mornings. Um, I can't tell you how many white earbuds I count. I mean, they Does all she carry have, them all with her? Yeah, all of, it, <laughs> it throws it, them out the window as she drives by. Now, I, for instance, we're using our iPhones as our iPad now, or our iPod now. Yes, they're not doing that in high school. They're not doing that. Well, some kids are, but most of the kids they have iPod na- Nanos, and some of them have Shuffles, and but they're still using the dedicated music player. Well, why do you think that is? Price. Mom and Dad's not going to buy them a two hundred twenty nine dollar iPod Touch. And think they're going to take that to school with them. That ain't happening. It's a little different when it's a $50 shuffle or even a $150 nano. The kids can work off 150 bucks. It's going to be a lot harder for them to work off $229. Well, plus it's also so much smaller than Absolutely. an iPod Touch. So they can just kind of slip it into their pocket unobtrusively. Whereas the either the iPhone or the iPod Touch being a much larger device certainly kind of you know, puts itself out there as saying, hi, I'm an expensive electronic, I'm an, I'm an expensive electronic device. Please steal me. Absolutely. You're 100% we'll, we'll right. S- we'll see where the demographic is uh, in Jeremy's uh, syndrome. Cause he, he said he was looking at buying one. I think in his feedback. So we'll, we'll see if uh, um, he likes it as well. I know I've seen a few people that bought them and they do love them, but uh, you know, here's the funny for me, thing for me. It's a no. Here's the funny thing. I look at it and I really want one, and it's the first Nano that I've ever really wanted. I mean, because hmm. I've always had an iPod, yeah, and I never bought a Nano because I was always, you know, I've got the bigger iPod, and then I got the iPhone, and I thought, well, that's forever going to kill me buying another iPod. It doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> but when I saw one of these in the store, and I actually got to touch it and play and, around uh, with it, push, I, I was like, I want one of these. It doesn't make any sense for me to get one. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to use it for? Music? Well, I've already got the iPhone for that. Uh, hell, we got three iPhones in the house. I don't need those. <laughs> but but that didn't get rid of the, I want this. I, I It was cool. Uh, it, felt, it felt solid. It felt, and it just worked. And that rotating the screen thing, that, that is cool. really cool. That is cool. <laughs> Speaking speaking boy, of your boy, iPhone, you, you, you boys have been suckered into that one, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a company that came out with this little uh, wristwatch strap for the Nano, so you can use it as a wristwatch. Yeah, because it's got it's got a built in uh, clip. Clock. Yeah, I, it's it's brilliant. It's it's brilliant. I mean, Apple did a really good job with this device. Speaking of your iPhone, Tim, mm-hmm. uh, you have iOS four point one. Did that solve your various problems? It did. Um, as I was complaining on OWC Radio quite, quite loudly, and I think the last time I did this show as well, and we'll get into why I haven't been here, um, 4.0 was just 
a nightmare. The, the iPhone 4 was has been horrible when it comes to that proximity sensor. I never had the antenna issues, but the proximity sensor, and you know that from firsthand experience talking to me on the telephone guy. Yeah. It was all the damn time. I'd be talking to you, and all of a sudden it'd be like, Tim, can can you hear me? Tim, Tim. Yeah. And then it would be like 30 seconds before you realize that you know, I wasn't saying anything, not because I didn't have something to say, but because I could, you couldn't hear me. And then, and then I would always, guy would hear this. <laughs> Am I phone? <laughs> <laughs> Every single time. Yep, and I better fix this thing. I tell you what, I'm going to take it back and go back to the 3GS. This is BS. <laughs> I was not happy, I tell you. You know, first and foremost, it has to be a phone that has to work. Yes. If if simply the act of putting this phone to my head causes it not to work, that's a pretty big freaking problem. Well, only only if you want to actually use it as a phone. Uh, before point one, <laughs> I don't know what magicry doodad they did, but it seems to be working. I haven't had the issue even once since updating to four point one. Well, could you imagine what a disaster it would have been if that had been hardware related instead of software related? Um, as compared honestly, to well, with like you know the antenna, the antenna problem was was it or was and is obviously a mostly a hardware problem. Yeah. So if the proximity sensor had also been related to hardware, I mean, I that, think it is. I think they could alleviate it with software, but I think it is a faulty sensor. I think they just really cranked up the sensitivity to insane levels to alleviate the problem, but I think it is a physical sensor problem. That will probably be alleviated with the, the next version? Yeah, and they, it, and they no, they didn't even have to wait that long. They could change that in the, uh, in the, as, as it's going along in its, in its product cycle and just not advertise the fact that, hey, we switched vendors or we switched model numbers of the sensor itself. Because yeah, most they people, they don't care. Yeah, yeah. A manufacturer doesn't have to, as long as he, you know, doesn't change the functionality, and you know, they, they absolutely don't have to tell anybody. That's right, and they they but, probably but, already but, switched that. But, but it'll be sw- it'll be spotted somewhere along the line by oh, some yeah. company who takes oh, yeah. these. It'll get blogged. Yeah. Speaking of blogs, uh, you've got some changes in your life happening, Tim. Yeah, it's not blog related, really. Well, I went saw a doctor for that and just a little penicillin. <laughs> Clean it right up. It's yeah, it doesn't burn or penicillin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and you guys will. Uh, I'll make the announcement officially here. Um, I released a new OWC Radio podcast today, as we record this, and I did an interview with uh, Mike Bombick. He is the author of the creator of Carbon Copy Cloner, one of my Great favorite software. pieces of software. And uh, it was great, and that was episode number 41. I'll release another one at the end of this week on Friday, episode number 42, and that will actually be my very last OWC radio podcast. Um, so 42 episodes of a weekly show. That's not too bad. Sometimes uh, twice a week. Sometimes. Um, it's kind of weird leaving a show that you started from scratch, uh, that you saw a lot of success with. I had some really great guests on there. I don't think we ever had you on the show, though, guy. No, no, it was I was never able to 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 work it in. Yeah, and I never had Gaz on that show either. Um, no, but pretty pretty much some... every everyone else that uh, was yeah. ever well, involved. Had... 
<laughs> we had the really cool people on that show. Oh, I see. Right. I see, said the, the blind man. Hit the That's cut button. <laughs> oh, we just lost Tim. And, you know, I had a lot of fun doing the show, I have to be honest. Uh, I... I had done the MyMac podcast, obviously, from the very beginning up until I left the MyMac podcast to do the OWC radio. Now, the big difference was with MyMac, other than a very few episodes, I always had someone, a co-host on that show. Right. You know, Chad Perry, David Cohen, Guy Searle. Uh, Gaz and I never did a show together. I think this is the first time that we've done a show where you were... Uh, an actual now we did the listener invite with you though. That's right. I did a listener invite, but yep. uh, never. A, but that uh, was with uh, David, wasn't it? No, he, that was the second time he did one. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. we. I I had done a listener invite with Gaz. I'm guy was say, on there. Yeah, guy, was, guy was on there. Was yeah. I on that one? Yeah, Don't, yeah. Got Gaz. I'm so confused. A big birthday, remember? Come on. Get off my lawn. We, we don't want to remind him of, you know, <laughs> declining mental facilities as he starts getting older. I don't uh, I don't think anybody would notice. You know, I'll just talk softly. He won't hear us, Gaz. What? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I had a lot of good guests on the show. and It was I, a good I show. I didn't plan on leaving it. Um, but like I was saying, you know, I, I'd always had co-hosts. So when I started OWC Radio, it was me. That was it. And, of course, there's some – if you've always done a show with someone, to sit down and do it by yourself is very a daunting task, uh, especially when you know for a fact people are going to hear it. It's one thing if you start a podcast from nothing and you build up your audience from nothing and no one knows who you are. You have some time to get good at it. Yeah. When you start a show coming off another very successful show, you know you have a built-in audience immediately. And remember, for the first – three or four, about five months, I was sending you guys audio for commercials for OWC Radio because all the world computing was sponsoring the MyMac Right, podcast. they were still a sponsor at that point. Yep. They, were, they had sponsored the show for two years, and when I started OWC Radio, they still had like six months to go, a little less, four months to go, on the contract with MyMac. So I was doing commercials for this show. But for the most part, I was almost always by myself, so I was bringing in different guests to do interviews with and stuff like that. Loved it. I had a great time, but um, I took a job with another company that pretty much precludes me from continuing uh, the contract work. I was never an OWC employee. I was outside contractor, but it, it precluded me from doing, uh, in essence, marketing for another company. So... That's what happened, guy. That's why I'm not doing OWC Radio after this week. A new job. A new, new job. You going to mention yep. the company? Sure. I'm going to work for a company called Max Specialist. Um, they're out of Chicago. Uh, with the name of the company, you can kind of imagine what they're about. <laughs> we are, we are uh, Apple authorized, so it's not like a mom and pop shop. Uh, I'm going to be the COO of the company, Chief Operations Officer. And we have two facilities, one in Villa Park and one in downtown Chicago. So if you're in Illinois, the Chicago area, starting next Monday, uh, I will be at Max Specialist. Come by, say hi, and uh, buy something. <laughs> do they, so they actually do have a storefront then? They, they have two stores, one in Villa Park, one in downtown Chicago. We have service, and we're Apple Authorized Service Center, so we can do repair work and warranty stuff. And then we also have training that we do a lot of, and we do a lot of um, business-to-business or B2B work. 
So now, it's going to keep me busy, and that's why um, I couldn't do the the OWC stuff. Now you're you're currently still living in Michigan. You're right. I'm going to be working um, three and four day weeks on site in Cal- in uh, Chicago, and then I'll work. You know, if I work three days there, then I'll work two days from home, and then switch it the next week. I'll work four days there, and then one day from home. That sort of thing. But you won't be going back and forth every day. No, I'll stay in a uh, in a hotel. Yeah, I I just couldn't imagine. I mean, that's that's the commute. That's truly the commute from hell. Yeah, it's about three hours one way. Um, and there might be times, you know, school plays and stuff like that, that I have to come back in the middle of the week and that's fine. You just, you know, there's truck drivers that are away from home quite a bit too. So you just, you do what you got to do. Yeah. But, uh, that, you know, this, and this whole change with you now, eventually you guys are going to move to somewhere near the Chicago area, but, uh, this whole change was part of the reason why you weren't able to come back to the MyMac.com podcast on a regular basis, even though I had said returns. <laughs> yeah, we ran into some problems, some snags, and all that needed to be worked out beforehand. Yeah. Well, that's all worked out now, so here I am. I'm back, but that's the other big change. Now, now for those who are listening don't realize, the MyMac podcast is recorded... Uh, pretty much on a consistent basis at the same time every week. Guy and Gaz get together and maybe a guest, if there's a guest on the show, uh, they know what the topics are going to be about and broad outlines, and they know when they're going to record the show. That way they can tell their wives what time they're going to be off the stupid computer so they can come in here and do what they're supposed to be doing. (laughs) And that's the way the MyMac podcast has been run for years, even going back to the very beginning. Um at first, I ran it out of my house, and then I was running it out of Chad's office. And uh, it, it's moved to a couple different places. Now Guy and Gaz are doing it. And you have to have that consistency when you record, if you're recording with someone, if you have a partner. You really can't be, okay, we're going to do it on Tuesday this week and next week, Thursday at this time, and then the week after that. It gets too confusing. It's too stressful. Um and you can't come out with the show on a consistent basis. You'll start losing some of the quality of the show, I think. Yeah. And I, and I think you guys would agree with that. Sure. So Absolutely. Instead of my coming back to the MyMac podcast, I'm actually going to start a new show. And it's going to be under the MyMac banner. It's going to be posted at MyMac. And the first probably maybe eight to ten episodes will actually be in the same feed of the MyMac show. So if you subscribe to this, you're going to get the new show for a couple months, anyways. And if you don't like that, I'm sorry. You don't pay my bills, and I do, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> now you, you can ask for your money back. Oh, wait. That's right. We'll give you a refund. And so uh, it's going to be called Tech Fan, and it's uh, a little bit more broad than the My Mac show. We're going to cover Mac stuff. We're going to cover iOS stuff, and that's probably still going to be the main focus. But we're going to expand it just a little bit and talk about more of the tech world in general. And I'm going to do the show by myself, but I'm going to have a lot of guests, a lot of interviews. If you listen to the OWC radio, you can pretty much guess what the new show is going to sound like. Pretty much it's, it's just like it. So, so, Tim, do you think there'll be a, uh, a bit of cross-pollination between ourselves? I think there's going to be a lot of that, and that I would really like to... Now, see, we already had a family of podcasts, but we yeah. never really did a good job of promoting it because they were all a little bit disjointed other than the MyMac show. Uh, we own App Minute, and that's Sam Levin doing that show. Um, hasn't been coming out on a consistent basis the way we need it to, nor has that website been updated to the extent that we need it to be. But that's going to change here real soon. 
So we have the At Minute podcast as part of the MyMac family, and we're going to start promoting that. And he's going to start promoting, in fact, he already has been, promoting the other shows. We're going to have my show, and that's going to be promoted on MyMac, and then your guys' show will be promoted on the Tech Fan Show. And we're going to build a little bit more of a cohesive identity that these are all interconnected shows. that Yeah, you know, within the MyMac family. Yeah, and so it's not going to be... From this point going on, if guys on Tech Fan, it's not with special guest guy. It's just guys there because yeah. he's part of the MyMac family. If I come, you know, if you guys are recording the show on Tuesday and I've got that time off, no reason that I can't come on the MyMac show. So no it's, reason it's, at all. It's going to be a family of podcasts. Now, like I said, it's going to sound a little bit like the OWC radio, kind of the same format, except uncensored. <laughs> <laughs> Uncut. That's it's right. The, it, it's the etiquette, uh, the uh, director's cut. That's absolutely right. The first episode, uh, I've already got someone to come on the show with me, and it's this guy you guys may know. He's from the UK too, like you guys. His name's David Cohen. I've heard, never of, heard him. of him. Yeah, Have actually, he? I've he, never heard of him. He was on uh, episode forty of the OWC Radio. Yeah, I heard that. And we talked about the Mac event, and uh, that was fun. But you know, David Cohen and I became really good friends uh, over the last few years. And he, while he can't commit to doing a show regularly, this show will allow him to to get back into podcasting. And because when the MyMac show is recorded, he can't really be here on the show. Yeah. I will have the opportunity to record earlier in the day or whatever his schedule allows more often so he can be on TechFan. And are you going to be doing that from your, your current studio or are you giving that one up? Well, I'm t- actually, I'm talking to the... When you say the current studio, people listening may not know, but I actually am in a studio. It's uh, an office building in downtown Battle Creek, Michigan. I'm in the basement. Two of my walls are foundation walls. On the other side is a huge bank vault from the 1920s. So for the most part, it stays pretty quiet down here. Occasionally, somebody will walk by or they were working on the elevators yesterday, which drove me crazy when, oh, we we missed a show, guys. That's part of the MyMac family. Geekiest show ever. Oh, yeah. Duh, and that's a show that I happen to be on. Uh, and that's done with Chad Perry and I, which is the original MyMac podcast crew. Is <laughs> doing Geekiest Show Ever. Um, but Guy was one of the original Geekiest Show Ever hosts. So Yeah. Um, yeah, don't forget that one. I guess we got to put that out there too, don't we? Um, but yeah, and so I really I picked this office because of the noise level. I can put stuff on the walls, make it a little quieter. And I turned it into a proper recording studio because I was doing a lot of voiceover work for OWC as well, not just the podcast. And uh, because I'm going to be in Chicago so often, Guy, economically, it doesn't make sense for me to keep this office. But because I'm going to be working home from one to two days a week, every week for the foreseeable future, it would make sense for me to keep it. Just not at the price point that I'm paying right now. No. So I've talked to the landlord. I said, I'd love to keep it. It doesn't make a lot of economic sense. I'm not going to be here all day like I am now. Um, I pretty much gave him the terms that I could live with, and it's in his hands. Whether he accepts that or not, I don't know. I hope he does. I'd like to keep it. But if not, then I won't be keeping the studio, and I'll see where I record the new shows. Well, would and, you would you be able to set up a studio uh, at the Mac Specialist offices? No, no. Uh-uh. It's too noisy? Yeah, well, I just wouldn't do it. Um, that doesn't mean, though, that we could have a special event at Mac Specialist where the MyMac podcast comes to Chicago and records a live show for Mac Specialist because 
that would be cool. I smell road trip. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> Wait for a while. But, uh, yeah, it, it depends on what happens here. I, a lot of stuff's up in the air. If I close this office building down or my office space down, here's the thing about podcasting, and I've said this in the past, uh, and I do a little consulting work for new media and social media for companies. And I met with this one company not too long ago, maybe three weeks ago, where they have a, an actual radio show that they put on in Holland, Michigan, and it reaches almost nobody. It's an AM station. I mean, you know, who's listening? Nobody. But they want to reach a broader audience, and they thought about podcasting, but it just sounded like too much of an expensive endeavor for them, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> really? It, yeah. So, you know, I consulted with them, and one of the things that I kept hammering home with them, which most people really don't get, is when it comes to podcasting, there are no rules. There are no rules. None at all. Uh, by now, you guys have usually gone to at least one break. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we broke the rules. There's no rules here. You know. Wait, it, hold it, on, hold it, on, hold on. My wrist just got slapped. Yeah. I, 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 I could see the nun from here. Uh, <laughs> there, there are no rules. Now, we could break out with a bunch of profanity right now if we wanted to. We choose not to. Not because there's a rule not to, but because we choose not to. And it this, doesn't really match what our audience is expecting. No, we don't want to alienate anybody. Um, this podcast is usually right around an hour or less. Occasionally it goes more. Sometimes it goes, it can go, it could be a half hour show. There's no rules. Um, and that's hard for a lot of companies to really come to grips with, that there's just no rules. It is still the Wild West. Well, especially with old school radio. Well, they're not, I mean, it, they're an organization that the radio is still fairly new to them. And they, but they just want to reach a broader market. And, uh, when you're in an environment like this that's very creative and there's no rules, make your own rules and do what you want to do that. Uh, yeah, but the, the, that's where some of the companies struggle, isn't it, Tim? Because yes. you know, that they then have to get outside of the box, and that's very difficult for some uh, some companies to, to be able to do that. And they need the likes of you and you know others to actually show them, uh, actually open the door and go outside. The air's really quite nice. Absolutely. You know, when you when you have the creative freedom to do what you want to do with a low overhead and cost, it's very appealing. But you're right. A lot of companies, that's almost too much for them to wrap their, their heads around. They're like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yep. So there's no rules. And because there's no rules, I might not always record the OWC. Oh, see what I did right there? Yeah, tech fan. The, <laughs> tech, tech fan podcast from a proper studio using very expensive equipment. It might be me driving to Chicago talking into the microphone on my iPhone. The that, audio quality wouldn't be the best. Well, I mean you've done you've sound. done it before though. You, you you've done you did a couple of segments on OWC radio basically absolutely. outside. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of the first shows that I did, I wanted to see at the time the iPhone 3GS, I wanted to see what the microphone recording capabilities were. And this was wintertime, it was very cold outside, so I literally walked outside the building. This was a different facility than I'm in now. And it was real close to uh, Interstate 94, which is the main thoroughfare between Detroit and Chicago. And I could hear the traffic really well. So I literally walked outside talking into my iPhone, recording part of the show. I got, I walked to the car. I got in the car. You can hear me close the door. I started the car, had the heater going. You can't do that on radio. 
No, you just can't. You can't do that on a TV show. You you just can't. It, the audio has to be just right. The lighting has to be just right. But this is podcasting. We can make up on our own rules. And nobody compl- – there's a thing about that guy. You know how many complaints I got about that? None. No, because the content was still there. Yeah. and It's it all about different. the content. Absolutely. And it's different. And I think that's what's appealing to me. So when you tune into a show like Tech Fan and MyMac and we do something completely off the wall, you just kind of expect it. It's podcasting. There's no rules. We can do what we want to do. Of course, ultimately, the listeners will tell you if you're doing the right thing or not. By whether or not they still download the show. That's absolutely right. You know, If you lose your audience because they don't enjoy what you're doing, you don't have to stop. You'd be pretty stupid not to, but you wouldn't have to. There's just no rules, and other than the ones we impose upon themselves. And the smart people will impose quite a few rules on yourself uh, because that only makes sense from an artistic standpoint as well as a business if that's the, the, the way you're going. So, yeah, I might do shows driving to Chicago. You might hear trucks passing me by. The next show might be recorded in a hotel room. Uh, you going that. into a light pole. It could be, yeah. And, of course, I might not get that posted right away. <laughs> it might take a while. It might take a while. But that's my point, though. Um, you, you have to do stuff that's just, as a podcaster, you got to do stuff that you find entertaining and creative. And if you're not doing it for those reasons. Yeah, you've got then, to enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's really no point otherwise. So you probably want to take a break here, right? Yeah, we got to take a little break. So, uh, well, number one, I got to do a save here in GarageBand because uh, I don't think I, I've recorded this long in GarageBand yet, and it makes me really nervous. <laughs> and number two, he did just have a birthday, and he has to use the potty now. <laughs> well, I have medication Don't. for that. <laughs> it's, called the, it's, it's called the pens. Yeah, I love it. I'm so, just an astronaut. A, a what? An astronaut. They all wore diapers. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. So you lost me there for a minute. That's all right. You're getting old. Yeah. What? Huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, everyone, please stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. Seven in the alphabet, but number one in your hearts. It's the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. So, Gaz, I've been listening to the show, and uh, what is going on with you and the time machine and the time capsules? And what what are you doing to that poor machine to, to warrant taking it back and sticking a new hard drive? What are you doing to those machines? <laughs> I've got a time capsule. I plugged it in. I haven't touched it since. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well... Yeah, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps it's the, the way I used it. Okay, so let's give you. A quick, it's not quick, a frisbee. A quick, I'll give you a quick praisey. Uh, basically, I bought the time capsule back in two thousand and eight, uh, along with uh, an Apple TV from actually a Apple store in Sacramento. So I bring it back to the UK. I hook it up. All's well and good, but then. I decide that I want to use the time capsule as my media holding unit rather than the time machine where obviously the time uh, machine puts all of its data. Um, And I got to a point where I'd filled the time capsule up. That's easy enough Uh, to do. 
that's easy enough to do, especially when you're putting media files on there. Um, mm-hmm. And I hang I hang a couple of hard drives off there, no problem. Now I've had a few issues with Time Machine backups, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and that's probably my fiddling with my machine. It's nothing to do with the time capsule, nothing to do with Time Machine. But I was filling the Time uh, Machine up or Time Capsule up rather. Now I bought it, as I said, in 2008. And there is a period in 2008 where Apple have a um, like a, a spread, bad batch, a bad batch of time capsules, and my machine fell into that bad batch. And what I didn't want to do because I've been thinking about changing the hard drive because it's well out of warranty now, and I thought you know if I do bust it, it's out of warranty. Okay, I'll take the hit. But what I didn't want to do was change the hard drive and then it go bad. Me take it in saying. It's gone bad. It's under the warranty because it's in that period. And then they then say to me, hang on a minute, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's been inside this machine. That would avoid no. any warranty that we might have had on it anyway. So what I, what I tried to do was see if I could get an exchange on the time capsule, which Apple duly did. Kudos to Apple for that because they didn't have to. Uh, their wording was that they wouldn't actually change it unless the machine went bad. But they did change it. I did cheekily try and get an upgrade, so I got a, a larger hard drive, but they said, sorry, it's got to be a like-for-like machine. So I got a new time capsule. And two days later, or perhaps three days later, I thought, well, okay, it's new. I don't care. I know it's out of warranty anyway. I've got one with a power cable, which is now good, because I think it was the power connection which was uh, causing issues, or the power um, device inside. And basically, I thought, right, now's the time. I backed up my, well, I, t- I back up the time capsule on a regular basis anyway. But I backed up the time capsule. Um, and I, I think I sent you guys a link to the video of me um, basically cracking open the, uh, the time capsule and changing the hard drive. So it was pretty I, easy to do? It was amazingly easy. The video's 10 minutes long, but there are some speeded up parts where I'm undoing screws, etc. But I think <laughs> it probably just took me from scratch 15 minutes. Yeah, it's not, it that, was, not that big of a deal. It's not. The, the hardest part, really, I suppose, is getting the, uh, the rubber base, the rubber foot off, because that's glued um, to, the, to it. So I, I basically heated it up with a uh, hairdryer to uh, soften up the glue. Um, and it came off relatively easy. It'll, I'm sure it'll come off even easier next time when I have to go to 16 terabytes. Um, <laughs> You're going to put a, a 16 terabyte drive in your in your 2008 <laughs> we'll time capsule. You, know, you never know. You never know. How many machines um, are backing up to it? Well, actually, you see, the thing is, I, I actually back um, to hard drives which are connected to the um, to the time capsule off the USB connector. Hmm. So I've got I've got the 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 reason I put it's the a poor the, man's NAS. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean that that was one of the things that I always wanted the time capsule to be to have an iTunes server on there. Sure. And obviously Apple are not going to do that on that particular device, but but it's where I hold all my media because then the MacBook and the Mac Minis that I've got two of now um, can hit the time capsule and get that media. Yeah, Rather, but, you, you, but it's going to be a lot slow though. It's perfectly fine. It's uh, I've been running it like that for a couple of years now. now. Is that a hard? Is that a hard connection, or is that over Wi-Fi? Oh, Wi-Fi. Uh, what the, two? One machine is hard connection. The other two are over uh, N. So, would you recommend that people do that themselves if if they've got one that's out of warranty? If they've got one that's out of warranty and they've got any. Uh, 
you know they're not worried about cracking open a machine if you if you watch the video i'll, I'll send uh, the link to to guy so I can post it somewhere um and basically if you want to watch through the video it is relatively straightforward um as i say one of the hardest parts was getting the 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 rubber um the rubberized foot off the bottom um they're about they're quite there was about 10 screws on the base of it um the hard drive replacement was relatively straightforward um, so if you're looking at increasing the size of your time capsule, I didn't find it too difficult at all. Hmm. I I didn't even I didn't even format the hard drive before I put it in. I put it in completely fresh. Now you yeah that's yeah because you could format it once it's already in there. Um, yeah, but, but I think the time capsule actually goes through that process itself. Yeah, I think it does. Now you bought a you said you bought an Apple TV at the same time. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, quite honestly, I've got the same one. I've got the 160 gig Apple TV. I have the same time machine as you. And, and what's really amusing is I bought them both in 2008 at the same time. Yeah, spooky. But it wasn't, uh, from, the, it of, wasn't from the Sacramento store. No. Was it? <laughs> no, it uh, here's the funny thing: a lot of people don't know what the original Apple TV. Uh, it actually doubles as a coffee warmer. So. <laughs> most most people don't realize that. Um, I, I tell you, I love the Apple TV. I, I do I too, but it's so dang hot to touch. Yes, it does get it does get warm. But I tell you what, the simplicity of that interface is is brilliant. Because my thought process was that I would move, uh, I would sell. Um, I'm looking at selling them. They're both on eBay. That I had a, an old um, 1.5 megahertz um, uh, Mac Mini which um, I used as an iTunes server, going back to the time capsule, me wanting that to be a server, mm-hmm. um, which basically fed the Apple TV. And the Apple TV is also up for sale because I'm thinking I'm going to get a new Mac Mini and try out Plex and see if I can live with the Mac Mini hooked up to the TV and using that um, as the device. Now, I'm not sure yeah. that's going to work or not. I'm not sure. Well, I, it'll work for me, but I'm not sure it's going to work for the rest of the family because I must admit they do love the interface on the Apple TV. They go in, yeah. they make a few clicks, bing, it's up what they want. They go, they want to rent something, they rent something. It's easy. Yep, and you're uh-huh. going to lose all that with the Mac Mini. Um, I've got yes. both. I've got the 160 gig Apple TV in the living room, and I also have... Uh, the last, not the ones that just came out with the new design, but the one right before that, that right. Mac Mini sitting in my living room. And my initial idea, Gaz, was exactly that. I'm going to stop using the Apple TV, and I'm going to use the Mac Mini because I'm going to have access to Netflix. I'm going to yep. have anything that's on the Internet video-wise, I literally could watch on my TV, and that's the goal. But here's the problem. <laughs> you sit too far away. You have to have a keyboard. You have to have a mouse. Now, the the new Magic Trackpad took away the need for the mouse in there. So that's half of it. But you still do need a keyboard. How do you type a search request in on a Mac Mini or any Mac without using a keyboard? Good luck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's where, obviously, your, your, a decent remote comes in and possibly... You know, there are lots of apps out there for the iPhone and the iPod Touch, but you know, it's an expensive route to go down. Yep. Um, so, you know, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give Plex a go. Um, it's when we come to renting movies, and I've got to kick up iTunes. That's going to, I think, going to be the the killer. And yep. I've already put, you know, kind of a, a thought process aside that if I have to get another uh, a new 
Apple TV, then fine. Because to be perfectly honest with you, we weren't using the hard drive on the, the Apple TV we had. Just mostly um, using it, it for streaming? Yes, Guy, absolutely. Yeah. It and was that, that's kind of what I'm doing as well with my Apple TV. Uh, what I use it most of the time is for content that I already own. And most of it's not synced to that Apple TV as far as physically moving it over to well, the, from one device to another. Yeah, the, it's the drive is just too small to hold too much, Yeah, but even there, with 160 gigs. Right, but there are times when I knew for a fact the Mac would be down or I wanted to put it to sleep yeah. because it's real yeah. close to the thermostat in the same room where that's controlling the heat. In the middle of uh, the winter, you want that room to stay nice and warm, but if the Mac is sitting there running... It's it's affecting the temperature in that room by probably five to ten degrees. So if I've got that set to seventy two, really it's sixty two in that room because the Mac is kicking up because it's so close to it. And I don't have any choice in the matter. It's kicking up so much heat that it's affecting the thermostat. So the room is actually colder than what the thermostat really thinks it is because of the heat from the Mac. Uh, in this case, an iMac. Um, now the, the new Mac Mini, I think, is supposed to be a lot, um, yeah, a lot cooler, a lot, cool, uh, yeah. uh, a lot quieter as well. So we'll we'll have to see on that one. Right, but here's the problem. I no, can't think of a problem. <laughs> for, for me, the, the for me the biggest test is going to be the interface. It's going to be how and, is and, it? Cause and, if, and as the, soon as as soon as Mrs. Gazman says, "Oh, I can't find it," and I get that. Urgh, I'm yep. thinking, yeah, I'm gonna have to move on. And you know, I want the, I wanted to want the new Apple TV when it was announced. I really did. I like the form factor. I yeah. like that effect that it, it doesn't run at 325 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, that sucker is hot. But it, it doesn't offer me anything that I don't already have, except for Netflix. But I've got an Xbox 360. I've got a PS3, and I have Netflix on those. Yeah, you see, Netflix doesn't affect us over here. Right. So you really, what does the new one offer you that you don't currently have other than a nice hand warmer? Nothing. Apple Size. So, so, size, and size. In, integration, it. size and integration into what we've got. But um, you already have that with the current up. Apple TV. Yeah, but now, the, the size of the new one is a lot smaller, and uh, you know I'm making, I'm thinking about making some changes, and I'm hope, I'm th- hoping that I'm not going to need it. I'm hoping yeah. I'm not going to need it. That you'll but. be able to use the Mac Mini. Mm. Mm. Now, the only other reason I would even consider replacing my current Apple TV, providing it you know keeps running and doesn't break, is if Apple opens up the iOS device makers, the the app makers that allow you to stream content, not just your, your video content that's in your iTunes library on your iOS device, but any video content, the Hulu app, the ABC News app, the Netflix app, whatever it is, stream it from my iOS device to my Apple TV. Well, is that necessarily uh, all Apple's decision? Yes, absolutely, because it's them... It, it's their uh, software that allows them to do that. Yeah. But it's it's still it's still up to the the various content creators to to well, make their content nor, available, right? But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I guarantee you, if Apple opened it up, they would allow that. Do you uh, think that with four point two that uh, that no? You don't think so? No. Mm-mm. Apple's going to keep that locked down for a while. They got to keep something for iOS five, don't they? Seriously, I mean, they, they, what is iOS 5 going to be? 
I think that's going to be the major thing. They're going to allow, um, what is the name of the, the protocol that they're using? I, I want to say FaceTime, but that's not FaceTime. Um, I want to say fair play, but that's not what it is. You I cannot just, think well, of what, a, what do you mean by uh, what protocol? The how I can watch my iTunes content on my phone or my iPad on my Airtime. television. Airtime. Thank you very much. If Apple simply opens up Airtime that any developer can use it, then it's a game changer. If they don't, eh, not so much. What, that, what? That's, that's what we need. Well, getting getting back to to the Mac Mini that you're that you think you're going to buy and use as a media center, Gaz, uh, you were talking about being able to you know having to have a keyboard so that you can you can search through iTunes or or whatever interface it is you want to use for new content. Uh, is there any possibility of using your iPhone or your iPad through Bluetooth to enter in that information? Yeah, absolutely. There's plenty of apps out there which um, allow that sort of integration. But it, it's again, it's Funky. how it's yes, it's how easy. It, it's not me. It it's really isn't me, and it's probably not my eldest daughter, possibly not even my youngest daughter. I'm going to point fingers. It's it's my yes, Mrs. Gasmus, because she doesn't care. She wants to turn it on, <laughs> and, and she wants work. to see. She wants to yeah. Absolutely. And that's been the brilliance and, of the Apple TV. Quite honestly, absolutely, absolutely. They know and how to use it. And that's the same with me getting in the car. I really don't care. Yes, I do know. I watch Top Gear. I love that program. And I, you know, and but you're not so, going to drive the Ford Fiesta through a mall, being chased no. by Corvette. That's just that's no. you know. But I just want my car to work when I get in the morning. I need to get to work, you know. So you know, and that's the same with me from that from that perspective. Yep. Well, guys, I have to run out of here. I've got kids. They need to be picked up. Uh, I don't know um, if you guys are planning on going any longer on this show, but. I have to go. Okay. Well, well, real, real quick, Tim, uh, and we'll take a regular uh, scheduled <laughs> <laughs> mymac.com podcast. Uh, real quick, Tim, uh, give your contact information, then we'll take a break and come back and finish the show. Okay. I'm getting a new 27 inch i7 iMac. I hate you. Cut him off. Cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. It's at mymac. And uh, I own this little website called mymac.com. And Heard you of can it? Contact information for me there. Okay. So, Tim, thanks for coming on and, and letting us know about TechFan and some of the other things you have coming up. You, uh, you, everyone uh, that's listening to the show, you'll hear a lot more about this as, as time goes on, so don't worry about that. Of course, there'll be links uh, in the show notes for quite a bit of this stuff. So, everyone, please, as I usually say, stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. reason to not listen is if you're sick and we'll expect a note from your mother the g-man on the mymac.com podcast and we're back thanks tim for coming on to the show today uh i'm looking forward to hearing what you're going to be doing with uh with tech fan in the future we have got a, a few little things to talk about before we end the show for tonight i think we're running just a bit long a little long yeah well but there's no rules <laughs> no rules at all. There's some movie, I can't remember the name of it, where they're talking about something like that. Um, real quick, a uh, couple of apps, or almost apps, to talk about. Uh, I've got, I, well, I've started to get into audiobooks, and I've got all these audiobook I, files in I iTunes. Love oh, well, uh, how long is your commute? 
<laughs> well, it's about 40 minutes, so it's not too long, but it's long enough to get into... Uh, well, at least get a chapter or two. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, the problem I have with most audio books is, is you know, regardless of, of what method you use to obtain audio books, usually there's like anywhere from 10 to 30 chapters and each one of those chapters takes up a little portion of iTunes. So when you, when you're, you know, when you go into books into iTunes, all you see is like just this long list of chapters. And it's, I just don't like it. I, I like to be able to, to quickly search through iTunes and that makes it almost impossible. So what I started, I found this, this Apple script by Doug Adams. Uh, you can find this at dougscripts.com. It's free, though he. That, you know, and that is a great site, guy. Actually. Oh yeah, That's oh yeah, yeah. Site, yeah, yeah. Dougscripts.com. This guy, I, I'd love to get him on the podcast. Uh, the name of this particular script is called Join Together, and the only other thing you need for it is QuickTime Seven, and it's it comes off like an app. You know, you start it from you know it, you, you fire it up. It comes up on your screen. You select the tracks that you want to put together in iTunes, and it sucks those in, starts up QuickTime 7, puts them all together, and then moves them back. And the only yeah, other think- thing you have to do after that is change the file type from music to audiobooks, and you're basically done. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of functionality in QuickTime Seven. It does it does an awful lot. I've actually got a, an application which I use. I, I actually got it. It was mentioned to me by uh, Mike Potter from uh, from Mac Eyes Only some many well a couple of years ago now, um, because I've actually got a uh, a CD um, of Bill Bryson's A Short History of Nearly Everything, and <laughs> that is it's a great listen i'd say it's a great read but it's also a great listen now the thing is what what you're talking about guys when you get these audio books itunes doesn't really do a very good job of importing them into its library no um you know so you know you don't even have to have gotten a uh, illegitimate a copy of a cd if you've got the legit copy and import it into itunes it doesn't do a very good job of importing it um and audiobooks um is a paid for app whereas your um, functionality is, is a free way and uh, um, it sounds like a pretty neat way of doing it but uh, this uh, this application is called Audiobook Builder uh, and it costs, it's nine ninety five, I think for a single user um, and it's that's a pretty neat uh, little application as well to uh, to build your books up, it gives you all sorts of functionality of building chapters and uh, um, you can put cover art on there and all sorts of things change the metadata so it's a pretty neat little app but that one's paid for yeah, and doesn't he give you a uh, like a trial version? Yes, yes, I think you can have a trial version on that one, so you can see you know whether it's uh, um, exactly what you want. Um, I can't can't quite remember. Oh yes, it it doesn't do it on a time uh, basis. It basically does the first twenty minutes of your audio books, so you can oh, just so you can out. try out the interface yeah. and, and see yeah. if that's yeah. what you want. Yeah. yeah, the only other thing now, uh, the one I was talking about, which was Doug Adams joined together, which is an Apple script, was uh, th- he has a paid version of that as well, and it it I th- he he doesn't really describe what the the paid version does as compared to the free version very well. I, I think okay. it it mostly adds ways to to you know put in the 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 metadata so so that right. iTunes has a little better idea what to do with it but these if you listen to a lot of audiobooks these are two solutions you can use 
to kind of take control of the number of files that you've got <laughs> spread out all over. Like I've got, I've got all the, uh, the, the, the various Harry Potter books and, Snap. oh yeah, yeah. And the Deathly Hollows has got, I think like 38 chapters. Yeah. So yeah. this, just like this huge long list of, of different chapters and using, using, um, joined together, I was able to reduce that to three. Now, the only kind of gotcha, and I don't know if uh, Audiobook Builder has the same limitation, is that there's a limitation within QuickTime 7 that you, you really shouldn't have more than 12 hours of any particular type of audio content that you want QuickTime 7 to, to work with, which is why I've got the, the, the th- you know, two or three different files you, on some of these yeah, I don't books. think I don't think that's that's a problem with the audiobook builder to be honest with you I think well, it, it can handle any length of uh, any length of time well that would that would kind of push it over the edge for me yeah I, I mean I've put some pretty big books together in there and it's 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 handled them I mean I've got um, I've got the history of um, Britain and uh, it's a BBC and there's I think there's about thirty CDs there. Oh uh, my god! I've, I've, I've been putting those together, so it's uh, yeah, yeah. It can, I think it can pretty much handle uh, any length of time. Now you've got another app you wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've only just recently come across this, but um, a lot of people talk about when they want uh, want to export. Let's say you've got a photo in iPhoto and you want to export it and you want to print it. But let's say you want to export it and send to somebody, but you want to do a little bit of you know a little bit of finishing touches to it, or perhaps you want to put a copyright actually on the oh like um, a watermark the yourself or like a watermark yeah um there's an application which is a donation application which is called border fx and it's a plug-in for iPhoto. And what, what this does, um, it puts a preference pane into um, iPhoto. So when you come to export a photo from um, uh, um, iPhoto, you have the option to go into the um, border FX um, preference pane and go through and, uh, and make adjustments. You can add borders, you can add titles, um, you can change the metadata and put a copyright on there. Um, you, it's, you can actually save the images back into the library, I believe, as well. Um, oh, with, so with the borders and, and with the backdrops borders, yeah. or whatever it is you've put Absolutely. Under. Yeah, you can put like a... There's there's all sorts of little uh, neat tricks that this has got to just make the finishing touch to, a, you know, what some of your fantastic images. And as I say, I've only just recently come across this because I've been looking for something. Um, so I haven't had a lot of time to play with it. But what I've seen so far, it works pretty... It's a pretty nifty little plugin and this kicks in as soon as you do the the export command in the file menu yeah it gives you an option to go in so that you can go through and obviously make these adjustments you don't have to you know if you want to skip it you can well that sounds uh, really great yeah it's cool it's cool and that's free (laughs) you know if if you want to send uh if you want to send the guy some money yeah if you find that you like it and you use it a lot then that's what we all do we send some money along to keep these guys in uh, you know updating the application so that when a new version of iPhoto comes out you don't lose the functionality that you probably get quite used to if you use little uh, plugins like these <laughs> and uh, I, I think we need to end this show Gaz we are running yep. so very long we're on almost uh, one hour and ten right now um, wanted to say real quick we're still looking for iTunes reviews please please if you have a moment go to iTunes review the show uh, would you know good bad indifferent please get a hold of us let us know what we're doing good what we're doing not so good how you know if, if there's something about the show that you would change 
what would it be is is what we're looking for excellent yep so gaz if if someone wanted to get a hold of you they can contact me at gaz at mymac.com. They can tweet to me. Uh, I am gaz. Um, oh, I always get this wrong. <laughs> Twitter.com forward slash gazbuzz. And I am guy at mymac.com and twitter.com forward slash macparrot. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you can also send us feedback via feedback at mymac.com. And our our poor broken hearted Skype number, which does work and is feeling very neglected, it's area code seven zero three four three six nine five zero one. Call it collect, call it direct, but call it today. Gaz, thanks for coming on tonight. Been a pleasure. Yep. Been great. And we'll see everyone next week. Please, yo, review us on iTunes. Contact us any way you want. Just like Jeremy North, we'll, t- we'll, we'll put your feedback on the air. So until next week, have a great night, everybody. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes.